By staying home, you can not only protect your health and that of those around you, but ensure that our healthcare professionals and our healthcare systems can focus on those who need their help. Hello and welcome to Corona Movie Club, my entertainment world's answer to social isolation. Um, so we have a schedule of movies and we're all going to watch them independently in our own socially isolated homes and then three times a week we're going to get together over the internet and talk about them just like your mom's old book club used to do. Um, except now there's nothing old about it because it's all over the internet and we're all social isolating so that we don't help spread the coronavirus around the universe. Um, so we have people from all over North America who are participating and there's going to be different people on each call from the uh, core group. And so every episode, I'm going to come in and introduce the film that we're going to be watching, as well as the names of the people that are going to be on that week's call or that episode's call, because we're going to be doing this three times a week. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy. Let's go to the movies. It's something to do. Today's movie is The Invitation, which is a 2015 horror film. It was directed by Karen Kusama, and it I wanted to do this film because I remember seeing it in 2015. Um, the podcast I listened to all the time, especially at the time in 2015, they loved this movie. They went on and on and on and on about it. And I remember seeing it, and because I wanted to watch all of the things on their top list of the year, uh, and I just kind of didn't get it. Like, I got it. Obviously, it's a, you know, one of those movies that thinks it's quite clever. And you, you sort of have to unravel what everything is really about and what's really going on and all that kind of stuff. I got that. That's fine. I just kind of found it boring. I didn't quite understand the appeal. And oftentimes, you know, sometimes that's real. You know, certain movies work for certain people and not for other people. But... um Oftentimes, it's just your circumstances that are informing your independent reactions to a particular film. If you saw it in a fantastic mood or in a terrible mood, depending on, on the film and the intended effect, um, or you saw it in the movie theater, you saw it with friends, you saw it whatever, um, it can really affect how you take the film and what you what your reaction to it is, especially with horror films. You know, I remember watching uh, Hannibal with my friend. We were in grade seven. It was like two in the morning. It was dark out. There was a big glass window behind us. It was terrifying. Just absolutely terrifying. And then when I saw, I, weirdly, I saw Silence of the Lambs later, which I know you're, is wrong. But I watched it by myself at like 2 p.m. Or it wasn't, I wasn't by myself. I remember my big cousin was sitting, like sleeping on the couch beside me. And he's this big guy, like, Jason will protect me. Anyway, didn't work at all, even though it's sort of objectively a better film. Uh, so, so much is about your situation when you're watching, especially a horror film. And so I wanted to give the invitation a second shot. And, um, I don't know, yes, listen to the call to uh, find out what I thought. People on this call include myself, Kelly Bedard, as well as Steve Fargo and Matt Yipchuk, who are our regulars. So, hope you enjoy. See you on the other side. It was a movie. That was... Yeah, it was okay. I didn't like it. I also didn't hate it. It was just kind of there. And it did what it did decently. But I don't think there was anything exceedingly unique or special 
about it and like it it didn't anger me like i didn't hate it but it was just like it was a it was a eh. as soon as the beginning scene happened and like he hit the coyote i was like okay i know what kind of movie this is going to be and it was <laughs> that's my opening statement fair fair i do think the other way to phrase that <laughs> well, i think i agree with you more is that the opening scene does an excellent job of establishing tone. Yes. Because it does. It, it tells you what world you're living in really effectively. But yeah. Um, Steve? I mean, sort of. Like, it could totally also be cut. <laughs> but uh, I think a lot of things can be cut. This is like a, I don't know, a 20 minute plot. <laughs> Um, that was very drawn out, very slow, very boring. A lot of silences that there's nothing there. Usually silences, there's, you know, there's something going on. There's really nothing <laughs> going on. Um, it's awkward. It's supposed to be awkward, I guess. He's supposed to be recognizing. It's either one of two things, like the whole setup of this movie when everybody gets uh, uh, meets up and everything is, is this about him going through grief and he goes crazy? Or is it about him recognizing a cult? And then it turned out it was a cult. Yeah, but then an hour and 15 minutes of it is him in grief and just not wanting to be there and actually leaving the group and not being there for most of the movie. And I think that's what made, made this movie bad to me, is that he could have just left at any time. But um, he stayed, yeah. But he, but he stayed, but he didn't hang out with them. So it was just like, it, it was just, it was more of an excuse to maybe see some history of him um, thinking about his lost son. Um, but then I don't know and then they also drawn out the Troy thing a lot it's like way too drawn out um, that could have like this movie could have been a 30 to 40 minute okay Black Mirror episode I could see that yeah um, but it wasn't it was just <laughs> drawn out the last 20 minutes, because that's all it is, it's 20 minutes of, okay, this is a cult and they're trying to kill us and let's try to survive. It's only 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah, I actually find that 20 minutes the least interesting because I find a lot of like action sequences very boring because they only have within them one beat of story and then it's just a, wa a lot, watching a lot of violence. Um, Whereas, I don't like the violence. Yeah, the the first time I saw this movie, I felt more like you guys did, where I was just like, I'm so bored. Why is everything taking so long? I'm not interested. And then the second time, I was more able to appreciate the filmmaking elements and why it is the way it is and separate the fact that, like, it's just not my kind of movie. Um, but to change it to be something I would like more would actually make it a worse movie for <laughs> what it is. Like, okay. you know what I mean? Like all of those silences and the, the um, 
like the, the, the pacing and the tension, um, all of that stuff. I do, I do see how it's effective filmmaking within its style and genre. And I think that that all contributes to the tone and that weird sort of like, it's basically like the big chill, but psycho thriller version, um, which I think is what they're trying to do. And then they're like, the movie is not about the fact that it's a cult, the movie or whether or not he's grieving. The movie is kind of about that feeling of being gaslit of like, you can tell something's wrong, but there's nothing you can do to convince the people around you that there's something wrong. And because you're grieving or because you're going through something, you like, they have an excuse to not listen to you or believe you. Um, And I found that fairly compelling. My main problem with the movie comes down to, I find Logan Marshall Green extremely boring and uninteresting. Which one is he? He's the lead. And oh, the main, he's, yes. He's Trey from the OC. And okay. he'll always be Trey from the OC. <laughs> and I just so, think he's one of those actors who's really, really blank. And then we call it depth. And I can't with those people. Um, I just found his character, like, I, I don't, it's one of those movies that, like, tonally, I totally get what they're doing thematically I totally get what they're doing at least on my second watch where I had a little bit more patience for it I went in making sure I wasn't tired and I had plenty of time to watch it and that kind of thing because I knew that I had seen it before and had felt bored and frustrated and tired and all that stuff um so I like set myself up for success and set the movie up to impress me a bit more (laughs) so all of that stuff like tone and theme and and what they were trying to do made sense to me and I found it effective at a lot of points where I hadn't previously but I will say the character work is what I really think lacks and that happens all the time in movies like this um, where there's just no no one has a personality or character the only person mm-hmm. who was and it felt like a real like a whole person who had been thought out as like someone who I, I could pinpoint a personality trait was Gina um, who of course dies um because there were only two actors of color in the whole movie and one dies and the other one is like the total innocent who has no reason to be there and it's just like what the fuck guys <laughs> um but the well, i guess Troy's technically also there but is he though who knows <laughs> um and he also dies but the <laughs> Um, but Gina's the first person to die, but she's the only person who had like a personality. Everybody, and maybe Chloe who leaves. Is that her name? Grace? Chloe? Something. Yeah, like. the woman that leaves earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but, right. But the, but never I hated, Will had no that. personality and it drove me crazy. Um, just like, why not make him a whole person and then give him this arc? Uh, he didn't need to be super, super blank. Anyway, I liked it more than you liked it, but I think that's because I went in really looking for what was good. And I did find it. I think it was effective, maybe more on paper than in, than in practice. But Well, after yeah. I, like, after watching it, then going to Wikipedia to, like, read both plot to make sure I understood everything that was happening which i did for the most part but also the production stuff which i like to read it i can appreciate it more now having context for what the intention was behind wanting to make the movie but then my 
other half of my brain is like, you should be able to appreciate a good movie without having context for like what the intention is. But again, I can appreciate it more knowing like what they were going for and the tone. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe if I watched it a second time with all of that in mind, I'd be able to get a bit more out of it. But I think, yeah, I pretty well agree with their main point that he's just not worth investing much care or anything into as an audience member. And so it's hard for me to get on board with the rest of the movie. Yeah, I would have swapped the casting. I would have put that, that I think he's Danish, the Danish guy who plays David, I think his mm-hmm. name is. He's very compelling. I've seen him in a lot of things. Game and then I would have made Trey the, mm. the like blank, like creepy cult guy. And I know that that's all like, he's supposed to be super charismatic and friendly, but I just, I want, my main character to be somebody that I care about. So he needs to have like baseline charisma. And um, the actor who played David is, is much better at that. And Trey is just a blank slate of nothing <laughs> with yep. like, good cheekbones and who cares? I, I don't think, well, that might've helped a little bit, but I really just think that the writing was bad or it was simple and it was just trying to draw out this one storyline that just wasn't big enough for a movie. Um, and like I like I hear you on tone, but the um, the execution was just not there for me. Every moment of silence, I'm just like, why? Are, like none of you are having fun. It's very awkward. Like you're trying to make excuses for staying here, like like almost like the writers making excuses for staying here, and um, for the character staying there. And I'm just like, this is just I'm I'm gonna go with it, but to see where it goes. But it was just so slow and just didn't like. You can cut so much out of this movie. Yeah, and that's what I, really like, bothered me. I say this every single episode, and I'm tired of saying it, but this should be 20 minutes shorter than it is. <laughs> Um, sure. No, I really think you're wrong. I think that the like the thing about staying at a party, like it. I think to unlock it, you really have to think of it as like the big chill, but psychological horror version. Like these people have a sense of duty to each other, a sense of history. They one thing they didn't do well again because there was no character writing in this movie, but they needed to establish like how they knew each other and why they cared about each other as opposed to just being like, here's a group of friends. Um, Because like I, for the, I for three quarters of the movie thought that um, I don't remember anybody's name, Ben and uh, the woman who leaves, I thought they were married, but they weren't. Yeah, (laughs) Um, that was, yeah, that was. Like there's a bunch of stuff like that, that like, it was just the character. They didn't, it's not even that the character writing was bad. It's that they didn't really put any effort or thought into it because movies, genre movies like this um, often don't think character writing is important um, and that drives me crazy. But I think that like the idea of like, I also find it annoying when it feels like, well, there's a way to solve this, just leave. But I think (laughs) that in this case, I actually didn't feel that because while I did want them to leave because obviously they were in danger, and that annoys me, but the, I understood that duty, that idea of like, I don't want to go to this party, but I have to go to this party. And these people matter to me. And so I have to put in appearances and it would be awkward and hurtful if I left and it will seem weird if I leave, 
And I think they did establish that well with how hard the girl who like really didn't want to be there, how hard she had to work to get herself out of that room, Mm -hmm. even though personality wise, not that they had a lot of personalities, but like personality wise, she was the one who everyone, like, you know, she left parties in college. So like, she's the one who can Mm -hmm. leave things without it being a big deal. And even then it was a big, big thing for her to leave. So I think they established that well using her. And I think if you project, like, have you never gone to a party you didn't want to go to and then stayed, even though it was weird because the people you would like hurt, you didn't want to hurt your friends or like you had a sense of duty to be there. No. But like, if I was going going through grief and I thought everybody was being awkward and I thought something was going on, like, I think I would have left much earlier in the film. And it wasn't, and not because of the truth or dare game, like, mm. just, like, on, on the main character's side. I'm just like, he, the, that's no. the problem, I think, of the big problem of the movie that I felt is that the reason why I didn't like it, because I felt like he can leave at any time, and he just didn't. See, I really don't think he can leave at any time, especially with, like, he's trying so hard to prove to everybody that he's okay. Mm. And leaving would would give them that extra, like, oh, we're going to talk behind Will's back about how he's not okay. Like, I I totally bought him not leaving, especially these aren't, like, if you go to a stranger's party and you're like, oh, they're in a cult, I don't feel safe <laughs> leave. But if you go to, like, your best friend's party, like, people that you trust implicitly, you never go in assuming they're going to murder you. Even if you have this like weird inkling of like, wait, am I going to get murdered? You fight it down because you have 20 year history with this person and you're like, no, I wouldn't murder me. That's I'm being crazy. And especially if you're going through something mental health wise, the like, that's the whole movie is the tension between am I crazy or should I trust myself? And because there's so much going on with him that society and his friends and even himself will lead himself to come to the conclusion that he can't trust himself that's what where the tension comes from and that's why he doesn't trust himself and that's why he doesn't leave and that's why he doesn't follow his instincts the only time when he says okay fine we're leaving is because he's worried for his girlfriend and they milk that that idea for an hour and 15 minutes and that's and that's where i'm like yeah, and if they cut 20 minutes, it would be a lot better. And it also, yeah. I do think it's just not a movie for us. Like, it's not, like, style-wise, genre-wise, this is not, we're just a wrong audience. But I think changing it would make it a worse movie. I think there are ways to change it and make it work. Like, just by better developing the characters or swapping the casting, like you said. Because I think, circumstantially, it all makes sense. Like there's a billion reasons that he would not leave. Like I would have been interested in seeing more or any indication that he like cares enough about his ex-wife to fear for her safety for being in a cult with what's his face, the cult leader, but we didn't really get much or any of that. But like, I think that's a perfectly valid reason, but that wasn't explored. And I would have liked to have seen that or just, well, we kind of got a sense of him just revisiting the space where he lived when the kid was alive. But even that to me felt more forced and like weirdly shoehorned in, even though it was like the crux of the whole plot, but it still felt really unnatural. Just like all the pieces were there, but they just didn't click the way that they should have for it to work for me. Yeah. I think, I think that's what it, what it comes down to is I think, 
the main character needs a more charismatic actor and everyone needs more fleshing out as a person, the, char the character writing was just not there for me. And with the character writing would come, you know, we need a beat on, like, I did need one more person to say something around along the lines of like, oh, you're just grieving when he says something and like, you know, mm -hmm. um, and more care for his ex-wife, like that kind of thing. Um, I think if she was less creepy, that would have been effective because David wasn't very, wasn't creepy at all. Therefore, his actions were what made him creepy and that dissonance is really effective. Whereas, I don't know if it was the casting or the way she played it or the way she was costumed or what, but she was just straight up creepy the whole time. Yeah, it might be in the, the pills she was taking. She was trying to act, I don't know, on a mood stabilizer or something. Like, oh. like I wonder if that's just what it was. But, but it came off as like weird like like it didn't come off like that it came yeah, off as also was, creepy and weird yeah, yeah i think there was just some some casting missteps and then a little bit of shallow character writing and like it could have been strengthened but i don't think changing it like making it 40 minutes shorter like whatever would i don't like i think it's a perfectly fine movie um that is just not really for you and yeah <laughs> I don't know. Well, like, I, I do. I do resent. I don't like. I. It really bothers me when there's like a new upcoming leading man who is just really mediocre. <laughs> annoys me. Like there are so many talented people in this world. Why? Like why? Why is Trey famous? Why? He was fucking Trey. <laughs> I don't know if you guys watch the OC. Fucking nope. Trey. I've seen him uh, in something else. That's why I know his face. I probably a few other movies and he was like around he's definitely one of those actors who's like some people he's like their favorite because he's like the lead of indie movies and then supporting in big role you know whatever i think he's a blank <laughs> canvas which is annoying to me oh he was in across the universe oh and I devil so he was forgettable in all these movies that i just <laughs> kind of sort of liked um mm -hmm. There's, and then like, if you want to talk about, like, some of the characters, like, uh, the the girl who's not really the friend, that, like, she's, like, the flirt at Gina. first, at first, and she, um, like, she, like, he sees her naked in her, in a room or something at first, early on in the movie. Wait, and what? It's, oh, not Gina, the girl, Gina. yeah. The one yeah. who's from the cult? The out, outsider, yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, like, they they were setting up i guess before they revealed this like little film of this person dying um they almost set up this movie like it's gonna be a swinger thing like we're all gonna like like each other and maybe do something and and all have sex and get naked um and like i i had that vibe going on and i was like okay that's what this movie is about um and then like when they start playing truth dare i'm just like okay and, and they're saying like oh i love you and like I'm just, i want to kiss you i'm like okay so is it this um and they i don't know if that was intentional to make us think that maybe this is why it's weird but they're trying to get everybody to have an orgy um and that was just most of the awkward stuff that I was going through I'm like okay so that's where we're gonna go here and then he's also dealing with grief and and probably there's gonna be some weird culty things after this film which also had an actress who was dying 
who looked exactly like his ex-wife. And I was like, was this what she went through? I did find that confusing too. And it was, it looked like her. And yeah, it was clear right after they watched it that it wasn't her, but it was just like, oh, did she die and come back weird or? (laughs) Oh yeah, (laughs) I had that thought process too. Um, For a second, I was hoping it was vampires. Then it was vampires. (laughs) So that like also goes to the casting too. It's like you just don't want someone that looks like the ex-wife who's something's gone gone on with her. Um, How did you feel about the ending, where it was like revealed that all of the people in the invitation were doing the same thing all over LA? Um, sort of expect like I you see it coming when they're looking out of course. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's why the red thing's there to make them realize because they've survived that there's a lot of people doing it. Um, the, the red light yeah. thing confuses me a lot. Um, the red light thing. Uh, the uh, Danish guy likes that red light. That's how you know that all the other houses are in this cult because they all have the red light. Oh, I didn't notice the red light. I just heard sirens and was like, oh. Oh, no. All these houses had a red light that the guy put up at that one time. Oh, I missed um, the red light. So that's how they realized that they were all, that those houses were, I guess it was most of the houses on the mountain there. Um, oh, Beverly Hills. Yeah. And um, they'll believe anything. Uh, so I don't know if that's common on Beverly Hills people, but well, they, I think that could have been communicated homes. better. Yeah. Are they really? <laughs> Well, I don't know. Like they, I feel like Hollywood people are very susceptible. Like, remember when everybody joined? Like, there was there was S for a while in the seventies or whatever, and then they they were all in Kabbalah for a while, which is not a cult, but still very like we all buy into things in giant groups, and now they're all on keto. You know, <laughs> goopy people, and they Scientology. Is Scientology for sure. Yeah, yeah I feel like <laughs> they're they're really susceptible to that. Even like a bunch of people, I don't know, they're like Manson-y, I don't know. Mm. I feel like Beverly Hills is like where you go if you're trying to get a cult started. Yeah, actually. Sure. <laughs> I think the ending could have been somewhat more effectively communicated because my initial thought was just, why are there so many sirens? How do the police know? And I did not connect those dots. Um, but that's, if there was more of, if there was more interesting stuff like that, maybe I would have liked the movie more. And I don't even know how what I'm characterizing as like interesting stuff, but to me, that's a more intriguing premise that this is happening like everywhere, and it feels just like one of those little twists that like people throw at the end of the movie to try to contextualize and justify everything that came before it, and it just didn't sit well with me it was more just like oh that's almost more interesting than everything else i've sat through why didn't you tell me more of that story it, it was interesting when he lit it because i i remember when he lit it i'm like okay now it's gonna mm-hmm. start like now now things are gonna go down and then i think right after that is the dinner scene or or mm-hmm. like a there's a few dinner like he he comes out and then there's the whole troy thing and then like, was this supposed to be a franchise like The Purge and then we get multiple sequels just showing all the different houses <laughs> on that same night? Because I would maybe be on board with that. But also just question, more interesting. like, the red light itself, like, mm-hmm. is it to let the other cultists know that we are all ready now? Or is it to let the police know that there's a bunch of dead people in these houses? Well, it's definitely not the second one. <laughs> that's just bad planning. But then it's like, just do a flash or 
light light something and then unlight it. I don't know. Like the I don't know, but no, it is kind of ritualistic. If they miss it, like that's not how. It's like the idea is like putting a candle in the window. But then why not just set a time? <laughs> I don't know, Steve. But I don't think any of that would make it a better movie. I think it's, that's it's, just picking for no reason. It's it's a visual thing to let the survivors know because there's gonna be survivors know that there was more than just uh, their house going on with this. That's what I think. That no, I think that I don't know because I don't think they were meant to be. Well, no, but they, this was was it, were they trying to kill? Writing. Were they trying to kill everybody, or were yeah. they trying to? Was it a mass suicide? I think, I think it, was it was a mass, mass suicide. suicide. I think like their ideal plan is that everybody in the uh, red lighthouses would just end up dead, including Poss- themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Possibly though, the two guys in the cult, maybe not them. Um. Because the girl, because the girl seemed like she wanted this to, to all happen, mm-hmm. she attacked him for um, uh, hitting the glass out of people's hands, glasses out of people's hands, and so she was mad that you like you ruined everything because she was she wanted this to happen. Um, but maybe the two other guys, they were just gonna let it happen, and then maybe they go and find new groups of people and do the same thing. Um, it's not clear how, like, what sort of uh, status or hierarchy they're in in the cult. Like, are they just like everyone else in the cult, or are they a little higher up? But that's because the movie is not about the cult. The movie is about Will, and the cult is just, like, MacGuffin-y stuff to get him where he needs to go emotionally when mm-hmm. up with him. Well, I guess it I just the ending is too long. Like that sequence of the violence is too long. Once we know the deal, it it takes up too much space. Mm-hmm. Okay, now <laughs> I just think if it's if, if it was about him and his grief, and he starts like verbally attacking them because he thinks something's going on, um, I I would imagine that a weird turn in the end of the movie might have been him killing his ex-wife's like husband or new boyfriend or like him going off. Um, of course, he's not gonna be able to kill everyone, but um, just like the idea that he ends up going crazy and that it's a, it, and then it was about his grief and him dealing with what's reality, what's not. And like, I think that would have been maybe a better way to go about it, but it's not that it's That's new. offensive though. <laughs> Like, oh, oh, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you don't, you don't want like he feels like he's crazy because his his mental health isn't in the strongest place, and so for that to be true, that's not saying the nicest thing about like people who are grieving and like, well, oh no, you're also, all crazy, and none of, none of your feelings matter, and you're well, just enjoying. no. The thing is that there's circumstances in this story where the guy is hasn't been here. He made the call. He said that he was here there's this weird cult thing going on that all the circumstances make him be like, be like, I, I'm pretty sure I know what I'm seeing. Like I need to kill this guy cause he's going to kill us. And, um, but he didn't take really the first move to, I guess, kill someone, but I don't know. It, I think, I think that's an effective twist. Like it's a, like in the moment that's a, that feels like a nicer, 
like a more exciting story with like a big twist at the end that it was all in his head. But I do think that's worse storytelling. I think that that's thematically not nearly as strong. Um, it would be maybe more satisfying in the moment, but then give it a beat when you leave and it's not the right message. And I think it's, I think it's kind of offensive. To me, it makes the length of the movie makes sense. The length of his grief makes sense. If it was something more like that. Okay. Because otherwise it's just a big milking of the premise um, that just goes another direction. Matt? Yes. <laughs> well, I had things I was going to say. And I can't remember what they were. It's okay. Uh, um, is there another movie that does this, but does it well? The whole concept of there's your central character is in some kind of uh, mentally troubled place, and then they suspect that their environment might be a cult then it turns out it actually is is that rosemary's baby which i haven't seen but i feel like that might be rosemary's baby i have never seen that i feel like there's another movie just in like that i've heard of and i think it might be rosemary's baby where it's the same setup and it's somebody questioning their mental state but then the like unfortunate circumstances are such that they are actually right and not being paranoid that they are stuck in a cult-like environment, it might be Rosemary's Baby. Point is, As, sorry, I don't, oh yeah, I was just gonna say, I don't think, like the one thing that I thought was kind of unique or special about this movie, I'm almost positive has been done and has been done better. Okay, well, I haven't seen the movie where it's done better, so I, I'm going to reserve judgment on that. I think it's like um, every, every thriller slasher film where it's like there's something going on here there's a killer out there mm. there's always like that character um they're never like the main character and it's not as well i guess fleshed out as this one but um well what i will say is nothing makes me like a movie that i was sort of on the fence about more than steve hating it <laughs> 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 Because he really, he really, in the act of defending it from Steve's savage attacks, I have found myself liking this movie more than I thought I did because I'm, I'm on its side when I normally, you know, if someone, if I was arguing with somebody who had loved it, I would not be on its side. Because it, you know, it's in your nature to do the opposite of what other people you, do. No, but the opposite <laughs> of what you do. <laughs> yeah, me, me and, and when every, and, and of course you've also said like, when everyone likes a thing, you think it's not that great. That's true. Well, <laughs> you no, know, no, not inherent. No, what it is, <laughs> is, I can, I will point out its flaws. So I can see that it's great, but I will, I don't think anything, I just am wary of consensus. So if there's like critical consensus, this is the greatest movie of all time, I'll be like, here are the following things that I, I thought were weak. <laughs> but I'm not going to be like, Casablanca is bad because you all like it. <laughs> like that's ridiculous. I have, you know, I watch things have a hundred percent my own opinion, and then I adjust my argument based on what everybody else is saying because I want balance. Yeah. Um, but no, just standing in opposition to Steve seems to be how. <laughs> I think just the thing with this movie is that it's not a bad movie. It's just not good which is, I guess, for lack of a better term, 
the term that I'm going to go with. Like, there's just nothing super memorable about it. I don't think there's anything groundbreaking about it. And even like reading the production notes on Wikipedia, they compared it to wanting to draw inspiration from Let the Right One In, which I admittedly haven't seen, but I've heard a lot about it. And from what I understand, like the main appeal with Let the Right One In has so much to do with character and with casting and with just the concept of having like vampire kid forging a relationship with other like not vampire kid. And even though that's a slow burn, it's a much more engaging slow burn just through circumstances and through writing and apparently performance again, not having seen it than what we got here. So it was like, this was taking the end product of something that I was trying to draw inspiration from, but not filling it with the same substance that gave the original thing the appeal that it had it's like it's like the reason the mandalorian is good is because they like they said they drew inspiration from the uh stuff that inspired original star wars instead of just riding the coattails of what was successful about star wars and so that's why you get a difference in quality between mandalorian and all the other star warsy crap like Matt, when you're just trying no. to imitate. Matt. What? Mandalorian is not good. You don't like Mando? Oh, okay. So I am, where am I? <laughs> episode five, episode six? I don't know. I'm watching it against my will. Okay. And the most <laughs> succinct, like, description of it I've heard was because I got really bored in the last episode and, and mm. typed the Mandalorian into Facebook and looked and clicked on posts by people you know and mm-hmm. Michael Ross Albert playwright local prep playwright Michael Ross Albert wrote described it as a man in a helmet walking from one <laughs> end of a set piece to the other while carrying a puppet and boy is oh. that apt because that it is that's all it's a very cute puppet that is I will grant you that it's a cute puppet but I really so don't lovable. think this perfectly good movie like it's not a great I didn't love it it's not my kind of movie and they need better characters and I really care about character development but like Mm. calling this perfect like this like perfectly fine movie like comparing it to like the reason the Mandalorian is (laughs) well no that was just an example I was comparing it to let the right one in which again I haven't seen but I'm saying that if that if it is trying to imitate the success of a formula that has proven successful it can't just take the superficial crap that people liked about it, then slap it onto its own film and say, oh, look, we're good because we're following the same format of having a movie that's creating tension over like a long period of time, but you're not doing it well. Therefore, your movie's not good just because you're doing that. And because it's proven successful for other people doesn't mean that you can just copy them and say that you made a good movie because you didn't. I don't think this is a superficial movie at all. I don't necessarily think it's an effective movie, but I don't think it's superficial. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they make a lot of mistakes, but I think what they're going for is actually a very interesting idea um, in, a, in a sort of, and it has a lot of depth. And yes, it uses tropes of other films, like the, the way, like the tension and the like, what's really going on and like all that kind of stuff is very familiar because it's really working within a very specific genre of the psychological thriller. And like, that's what a psychological thriller is. Like, you could compare this film and the way it raises tension to something like Rear Window, where it's all about like, wait, is he crazy or is he seeing things or is it real and is he paranoid? Like, it has a similar structure to everything else in the genre. But I think thematically what they're going for 
is inherently non not superficial but i don't think it's effective and that's the difference but uh i don't know i just think i, I think it's fine <laughs> i just think i didn't really like it but i think it's fine no i i mm. I somewhat disagree. I think I felt like it was kind of a heartless sort of superficial movie, but yeah. I think if we cared about the main character, you would feel differently. Like if they yes. just cast somebody that you like and gave, and it was the exact same movie, every line of dialogue, every overly long beat, like everything was exactly the same. But if you just felt tied to him more, you would feel differently. I think they just okay. whiffed it on their main casting. Okay. Well, this one didn't work. What's next? <laughs> remember, remember Willy Wonka? That was nice. We all got along. Oh, yes. Hopefully. <laughs>